We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast. Well, baseball is finally back. The millionaires and the billionaires, they figured it out, and we are finally going to get a baseball season. And there is no better week to have on one of the radio voices of the Cleveland Indians, Jim Rosenhaus, joining us in the garage this week. He's going to talk to us about the tribe. He's going to talk to us about the short season, what he thinks of that, and so much more. Plus, he's going to help us uncover one of the the great Cleveland sports mysteries out there right now. All of that. And, of course, our garage beers of the week. So come on up the driveway, pull up a lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome, everybody, to the Garage Beers podcast. Uh, just the most exciting podcast uh, so far, I think, with the news this week. And, uh, and what an incredible, an incredible special guest that we've got here tonight. Uh, but first, before we get to our special guest, let's go around and just uh, introduce ourselves. Michael Keefe here over on the west side of Cleveland, coming to you from my old grungy garage. Uh, but enjoying a beautiful night. I'm glad it cooled down because I'd be real sweaty if, if it was still hot like it was uh, last week or over the weekend. So You're not uh, sweaty now? I mean, you're glowing. You I'm, are glow- glowing. I'm glistening. Oh, okay. I'm glittering. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you just heard him over there on the east side in his garage, Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Oh, man. You know what? Even though I'm a little upset at how they both handled it, baseball is back and i am so excited okay like you mean come july i can turn off the world sign flipping championships on espn (laughs) the ocho and watch a real sport i'm so excited oh yeah Ah, but let's let's go man let's let's go down there in nashville tennessee what's up joey whalen what's going on guys i'm back in nashville finally uh, 3000 miles in three weeks was a little much for me. So I might stay here for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, doing good down here. No mask, no shoes, no problem. You're coming back for the 4th of July, right? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if I can make that drive for another couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, oh, please. And let's bring in our special guest. We're super excited. Uh, the luck that we have run into with our special guest here as uh, we set this up last week, uh, but now the news of, of baseball returning, we are so excited to be joined by Indians radio broadcaster, host of Indians warm up, tribe talk, 
Uh, he's been with the team for well over a decade now. Uh, Hammy's partner in the booth, Jim Rosenhaus. Jim, welcome to the Garage Beers podcast. Thanks for having me, Mike. And uh, I think they're MLB and the Players Association was just waiting for you to to book a baseball guest. And then they said, well, let's get this thing figured out. We Clearly, they were they were tuned in. <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're here for you, baseball community. Uh, and we did this for you. Uh, so perfect timing. Rosie's going to join us. Can we call you Rosie? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Everyone awesome. Else does. <laughs> oh, I love it. Rosie's going to join us. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about the tribe. We're going to talk about the, the new situation in Major League Baseball, some kind of exciting things uh, that kind of give me goosebumps thinking about it, and we'll get into all that. But before we do that, of course, we always start off, and this is going to be a celebratory version of our Garage Beers of the Week. Uh, Rosie, you're joining us for Garage Beers of the Week, so we're going to let you lead off. What are you drinking this week? I got to go first. <laughs> you got to oh, go yeah. first. No pressure. When when you're celebrating, whether it's the return of baseball or the Indians winning the World Series, you go with the champagne of beers. Oh, my yes. gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh, Absolutely. Fancy IPAs for this guy. We're going with the champagne of beers. Killer <laughs> high life. Let's get into it. Rosie, I didn't know you were going to class up the joint on us like that. Hey, it's summertime. I got to go as light as possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Miller, the, the champagne of beers, the, the inaugural appearance on the Garage Beers podcast. I figured as much. Oh, I now, love it. Now, for New Year's last year, I don't know if you guys found this, but they were selling Miller Highlights in actual champagne bottles. <laughs> I was able to yes. guess. I, I had one in the fridge. <laughs> I was just like, I got, I got a couple right back here. All right. So is that your, is that like your go-to, like... No, the Indians used to have a stand. It was my favorite thing. It was called your dad's beers. Uh, yes. Is that like your go-to kind of, I don't know, cheap beer? I, I, had to, I had to nudge a bush beer out of the way to get to this one in the fridge. But <laughs> also, though, um, a Dortmunder Gold was in there from, you know, our friends downtown, too. So Love it. Uh, it depends time of year. You know, in wintertime, I'll go a little bit heavier and, uh, you know, dive into the Christmas sales and things like that. Well, I said we're going to have celebratory garage beers, and what better way to celebrate than with some champagne of beers? Absolutely. So Rosie's got the Miller High Life. Chad, we're going to throw it over to you because you're cheating this week, so let's just get I, yours out I, of the way. I, I, I am. I didn't get a chance to stop at the store, guys, so no beer this week. No beer. Uh, but I, 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 I went booze, okay? So at least I got alcohol with me. You know, It's a delicious beverage. It's called the Pink Whitney. Uh, it, it, it's from New Amsterdam Vodka. It is a perfect summer drink. One of the only boozes I can drink straight up on the rocks outside of bourbon. Um, it is a pink lemonade flavored vodka. You just pour that thing on ice. You just, you just, you just let it melt in there, and and and, and it's refreshing. Like I could sit in this thing like in an in an eighty five degree hum top humidity day and just be cooled off like that like nobody's business you are this close you. to being disqualified from the podcast month do oh. that again and you're not invited back it's my idea, it was my idea. <laughs> i thought this podcast had standards come on yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here what are we even doing here uh, you'll, you'll forgive me this one time gosh that's right this one time all right joe what are you drinking down in nashville I have uh, a an IPA, my celebratory Easy Days IPA, because now that we have summer, uh, it's summer. Or now that we have baseball, it's summer. Words are hard. 
Um, it's Easy Days IPA from, uh, where's this from? Nolansville, I think, Tennessee. Sure, I don't even uh, know what that is. It's a low-cal IPA, so it's actually pretty light. It's only like 4.2%, uh, and oh, it definitely oh. tastes like 4.2%, but this is so good. Like, it's perfect if you're out in the heat, uh, you sweat a lot, need, need a cool thing to, a uh, cool beverage to cool you down. There you go. How is an IPA below, like, 7%? How does Listen, that Jack, even you don't happen? get to mm mm the guy that's allergic to gluten is drinking a beer and you're drinking pink Whitney vodka. <laughs> you don't get you don't get to you don't get to to mess with him. Yes, um, yes I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with mine. I'm also I'm bringing some Nashville flavor from my boy Joe. Uh I'm going with a uh, I'm drinking a this is this is one of those big percenter IPAs. It's from a brewery called Southern Grist Brewing Company. And I've had a couple beers from there, and it is awesome. This is called Saved by the Belma. Uh, Belma is the name of the hops that they use in it. It's a uh, New England oated double IPA, uh, dry hopped with Belma, and it is delicious. And gentlemen, what what would you say? What would you say that is? What is it? Why is it? Oh, God, juicy. juicy. Would you would you say it's juicy? That is a juicy beer right there. It is delicious. So shouts out to Southern Grist. Uh, none of us decided to go with the Cleveland brewery, but that's okay. Uh, I think the first time for that on the podcast, but, uh, right. so that's it. That's our garage beers of the week, gentlemen, cheers. And, uh, yeah. and let's get into it. Rosie, let's talk about your path to the tribe real quick. Um, you know, obviously you've been, you've been calling games with Hammy back to what, 2010, uh, been with yeah, the team since 2010. Yeah, been with the yeah, team since 2007. But 2010 started yeah. calling games with him. But before that, I mean, obviously you've 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 you broadcast in college and all that. But before you came to the tribe, you're a you're an icon in Buffalo. You are a <laughs> you are a Buffalo uh, uh, Hall of Famer uh, with the Bison's up there, right? I think if you do enough games for them, they'll put you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I was the- there for 11 seasons. And uh, it was awesome. And and it was at the time when the Indians were their parent club, which was great because that was uh, the point in time when players like Grady Sizemore and Victor Martinez and some really good young talent was moving through there. And so they always had winning ball clubs. Uh, they had the good young talent, but they'd bring in some AAA veterans who knew how to play the game. And so that meant a lot of wins, which was a lot of fun. And uh, it was a good time. It really was. And actually that's, that's part of where this came from. They had a catcher once by the name of Dusty Wathen. Okay. And uh, his dad, John, was a longtime major leaguer. And uh, Dusty's now third base coach with the Phillies. But uh, he was a catcher there for several seasons. And we always made sure I was the traveling secretary, too. So I had some responsibilities elsewhere. And we always made sure Dusty had a, a nice, cool six-pack of, of Miller Genuine Draft or the champagne of beer as a regular Miller in his locker after a game because before was, a game yeah. <laughs> before and after a game. he didn't catch every day so if we timed it right he could go before the game and be safe <laughs> hello hey uh dusty you want to go do a bullpen uh, nope <laughs> i'm good i'm out <laughs> uh so yeah a long time there in buffalo you called several championships up there right three different years they they won the whole thing and, and it's amazing because they they the Indians just they they figure out a way at the AAA level to produce good young talent that helps in the big leagues. 
but sometimes that doesn't always equate to winning a lot of games. Right. But they figured that out too because they've they've done the same thing down in Columbus. They won a, a bunch of yeah. titles and uh, kept it going down there. So it's uh, it's been a good situation. You know, we we all uh, we worked in uh, independent ball uh, out for the Crushers in Avon, and uh, you know the 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 players, the games, the results, none of that really matters. There, that people come for a good time. It's kind of cheap. They like to watch baseball. Take your kids. Yeah. But it's kind of cool to watch AAA, especially in the city like Buffalo, like. Yeah you know, baseball, like that's their team, uh, up there, Columbus, you know, they, they draw good crowds down there. Uh, so triple a baseball in big cities like that is it's really cool. Yeah. they used to, and, and I think they still do, but, uh, they would consider them, obviously it wasn't quite on the level of the bills and the Sabres, but right. in the summertime, that was their thing. And, yeah. and they, they covered it every bit as closely, you know, newspaper wise, radio wise, as as they would the the major league teams, especially in that point in the summer when when there was no hockey or, or football hadn't started yet, so um, it, it really was a fun place to be. And I always said, you know, if, if you couldn't be in the major leagues, that that was as good a town as any to be in. And uh, the, the ball club was great to work for, so it was a real good experience. Is it still Dunn Tire Park? Like I, I, I always pass that. It's gone through so many names. It, it was. <laughs> I think originally it was Pilot Field, which was an air freight company that went under, and then um, it was a healthcare company, and then Dunn Tire Park, which you know that that just lent itself to all kinds of cracks. Um, now they're named after the hot dog company, Salem's Hot Dogs. So Ooh, okay, they continue to to change over a bunch. What a match! Yeah, Salem's Hot Dog Park. <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong. You get better than that. No, none, nowhere. Yeah. So, okay, there's a burning question. We want you to help us solve a mystery. It is a Cleveland mystery. Everybody wonders it. Any Indians fan has thought about this. So now you're with the Indians, and you've been doing this for a long time. You call the fourth and the fifth inning for the tribe. You do play-by-play, right? (laughs) Yes. Where does Tom Hamilton go? (laughs) You know what? I would say 90% of the time he's he's sitting right there, but that's his his time off. He'll be – you know, surfing the, the net to try and find little nuggets that he can use when, when he comes back on in the sixth. Um, so I know everyone thinks like, well, where is he going? Like, is, is he, is he out in the corner bar, you know, for those two innings <laughs> or is he up with John Adams and the bleachers? And I wish I could tell you, yes, but no, it, you know, sometimes I'll run out and grab bites to eat or whatever. If he hadn't had a chance before the game, but for the most of the time he, he's sitting there and every once in a while he'll pipe in. I know he saved my bacon last year when, um, when Bauer threw the ball over the center field, oh. I was looking down at, at something and Bauer winged it. And I had no idea what had happened because I just heard the crowd going bananas. And luckily he was there and he, he jumped in and, and said, explain what happened. But um, yeah, most of the time he, he's sitting right there and, and if need be, he'll, he'll pop on, but that's, that's his time to take a little break and, and be ready to go for the late game. I like to imagine that he, I like to imagine that he like is harassing the opponents, radio guys. <laughs> Oh yeah, like he well, tries it, to sabotage them. I can tell you, they listen down. A lot of times, they have it on in the clubhouse, the radio broadcast, and the visitors would have him on. And um, do you remember a guy by the name of Jeff Manso? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, in Buffalo for many years, so I, I got to know him pretty well. And we're, he was the White Sox hitting coach for a while. And there was a game, and I can't remember who the player was, but it was a player who took a call strike three. And he argued about it. And Tom made a comment that 
you know what, just go sit down. You shouldn't be arguing. I think, he, you know, his batting average might have been below 200. And Jeff called me after the game and he said, there were about 10 guys in the clubhouse rolling over laughing <laughs> because they, they were thinking it, said it on the air. <laughs> you know, this guy should not have been arguing. And Hammy just said, go sit down. You know, oh, just I love it. And it was beautiful. And sometimes you think, oh, boy, that's not a good idea. But these guys were loving it. They laughed at him. And, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I interned for WTAM. That was my first radio internship, Jim. Some of the uh, edited audio clips I've heard of Hammy that surprised me. <laughs> that 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 came out. That's that's really funny. <laughs> hey, we're not here. We're not here to release those secrets. I just wanted to know where the heck he went. I would not yeah, say it. I, I, I hate to be a disappointment. Ninety percent of the time, he's sitting right there. <laughs> well, it's good. See now, I'm but glad. if you want to think he's in the corner bar, go right ahead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, now I'm glad though. How would I? I was actually listening to that game in Kansas City where Bauer winged it over the fence. So I actually remember Hamilton cutting in, and then you know he laid into him. Uh, but uh, uh, see, now I know he's he's sitting there. He's the eyes. If you're having to look at something, he's he's right there. Okay, all right, that's fair. Maybe every once in a while I'm making faces at the opposing broadcasters, but Maybe. that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So before we're jumping around your history a little bit, uh, I, I know you spent a lot of time doing uh, some broadcasting uh, in your college days, uh, Lafayette College over in Pennsylvania. Uh, but what I liked is uh, economics and computer science, huh? So like, what was <laughs> the plan? The career what, what was the plan there? Doesn't everybody do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was know, Jim Rosenhaus not- supposed to do? Sometimes you you take a major to find out what you don't want to do. And after falling asleep in too many economics classes, I was like, eh, that's not a best job, no way. And then um, the computer science, the internet wasn't invented yet. So basically what I learned was out the window, useless. Um, but they say, you know, just get your degree and then run with it. And so that's what I did. I was, I was too far along to switch and, and transfer or whatever you want to call it. And so I just stayed with it. You can you can run some killer MS DOS prompts. <laughs> Fortran and COBOL and Pascal, where the languages are learning. I don't even know what the heck they're used for. <laughs> Probably nothing now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oregon Trail it would have been really favorite. helpful now, like in the Zoom age and you know, <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, no, <laughs> none of that. Well, I still laugh about that. I you know, like the Apple watches. I still remember being like a kid and watching Dick Tracy. And he would talk in his watch, and I'd be like, that's yeah. never going to happen. Now look at us. If you can get your Get Smart uh, shoe bombs and stuff. <laughs> oh, my If you guys, I mean, if you guys ever get a chance to, YouTube, like The Simpsons predicted it. Like Matt Groening, the creator oh, right? of that show, is a time traveler. <laughs> like, like, it just... It's amazing. I don't. I won't get into it now because I don't remember it all. But man, oh man, if you ever, well, I know they called they it. called the Trump presidency. Yeah, they called the Trump Which presidency. Which is crazy. They, in like yeah, 1992 it, or something <laughs> like that, whenever it was. All right. So, uh, so now you're, you're, you're in Cleveland, you're, you're working, you come in as a, as an engineer and a, a producer in 2007, right? Yeah. So you're working in the booth, you're, you're getting, you're getting them on the air. Uh, was that your, was it like your, your diabolical plan the whole time to like commandeer a microphone at some point? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually they told me yeah, I had been in Buffalo 11 years yeah. and, and 
stayed for a long time. My wife's from there, her family's from there, and it, it was awesome, great place. Um, but this the opportunity came open, and yeah, I think everyone's dream is to, to work in the big leagues. Now, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but the general consensus was talking to different people, hey, if you can get there, then you're closer to it, and yeah. you've spent 16 years in the minor leagues, so there, there's not a whole lot left to prove, and you might learn more if you're in the big leagues. And yeah, here I'm in a booth with Hammy and Mike Egan. Um, That's cool. By mistake, you're going to learn something, right? Yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you're smart <laughs> or, or just paying attention. You don't even have to be smart. You just got to pay attention. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I thought that might be a good idea. Um, and it was. I mean, both, both still to this day is, has been tremendous. And Mike Egan was just wonderful. Um, couldn't ask for so between the two of them, it, it just it was a great situation. Now it was they told me when I I took the job, they said, look, there is no play-by-play initially, and there may never be, but it could be a, a real nice opportunity with you traveling, hosting the pregame shows, you know, and, and traveling with the team to meet people from other clubs who might have openings and that type of thing. So honestly, I, I didn't, I wasn't really sure how long I'd be here, but it's worked out great. Which oh, is, yeah. you know, I have kids and stuff, so to be able to stay in the same place and, and raise them in the same town is, is awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, you know, you guys uh, always thought you guys had a really good dynamic together when you guys, when you're, when you're, I know you do your switch and all that, but uh, you, you bring a, a really good element when you're talking on there with Hammy uh, doing the color stuff. Uh, um, it's amazing to me how much you guys are able to just, uh, to just, whether you're looking it up as you go or whether you just know it, the, the information that comes out of an Indians broadcast is amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I mean, that really it's a credit to him because he, he's been at this a long, long time, but I think he prepares as, as uh, diligently now as he, as he ever has. And, and that I think, you know, makes you want to do the same thing. And, and so I try and find those angles that, that maybe, you know, he doesn't have time to get to, to, to try and fill in the blanks. So hopefully it works. Yeah. Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland is a legendary sports broadcasting town, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about, you sit there with Hammy, everybody loves him. Uh, uh, but you're also talking about Joe Tate and, and Nev Chandler and Jimmy Donovan now. And one of my all time favorites, Herb score, who used to call it, there's a pop-up to right, left, center field, and it's <laughs> caught by the shortstop. And you're like, yeah. what just happened? Uh, that's Bottom pretty cool. I mean, I, Minnesota 5, Milwaukee 4. Uh, <laughs> uh, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's got to be pretty cool. I mean, uh, just to be kind of in, in the ranks, I mean, of, of all the, the legendary Cleveland broadcasters. And, and, and you know, you're up there with, with a lot of really – really cool names that Cleveland loves their broadcasters. Absolutely. And, and they should. And, you know, I think longevity um, is a real testament to that. And, and obviously Tom has been here for, I think this would be his 31st year when, yeah. when we get going, yeah. and I say when I'm, I'm still saying when, you know, hoping that nothing derails it, but um, you know, it was a thrill to meet Joe Tate. Um, I don't know if you remember, but, there was one year he did not call the Cavaliers and he went and called the New Jersey Nets. And I was, I want to say junior, senior in high school. And we were diehard Nets fans because I grew up about 20 minutes from the Meadowlands. Um, And 
we would hang out after the games. He would do the post-game interviews, and um, they were teams that had Daryl Dawkins and yeah. Mike Jeminski, guys like that. I mean, you know, good names and stuff. And Joe was the the guy, and he was awesome. And I didn't at that time. I had no idea about his Cleveland background or anything like that. And then I get here, and there's Joe Tate, that guy who did the Nets for a year. And then you're finding out, well, that's not really who he is. He's the guy yeah. who does, been doing the Cavaliers for years. So that was really cool to, to be able to meet him. I'm just excited we just got the second Daryl Dawkins quote in on the Garage Beers podcast in two weeks. Tim Alcorn? No, last week it was last week it was uh, a guy from WEOL, our buddy Andy Bull Barch, who does their afternoon oh, okay. show. Uh, he was quoting, uh, you remember the old Saturday Night Live skits about Bull, uh, Bill Brasky? I don't know. No. If you, oh, well, there's a, I'll leave it out, but there's okay. a, there's a Daryl Dawkins quote that went along there. And so two times in a row for Daryl Dawkins. Oh yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Let's, let's talk some baseball. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's back. Baseball is back. I don't know. I'm, I, it's my sport. I, it, we, I've been excited to watch hockey. I've been excited to watch basketball just to watch things. I'm still not going to watch NASCAR, uh, but baseball is back. And that, that is, that is my sport. Uh, and so it was announced, uh, it was announced just this week uh, that they finally figured it out. Uh, they all came together in the worst possible way, but they figured it out and we've got a 60 game season coming up. Uh, and a lot of the details of it are pretty cool. So we're just going to run down some of the details and then just talk a little bit about them. So, 40 games in the division, 20 games interleague against the same division on the National League side. So they'll play 20 games against the NL Central. Uh, I like I like this. Teams start with 30 players. And then after two, after two weeks, it goes down to 28. After four weeks, it goes down to 26. Uh, what do you guys think? What's, what's the meaning behind that? I think you have to because um, nobody knows – what kind of shape guys are going to come back. And I think certain guys are going to come back ready to go tomorrow yeah. and, and start <laughs> playing. Um, I think some guys are going to need the three weeks and, and everything in between, but I, I think they just want to be careful so that if, if they need to get somebody off their feet, I, I think of, I'm not sure there's going to be limitations on, you know, those four extra roster spots. Can you make them all pitchers? Cause if you can, Tito will do that. Um, because hey, he just he's so careful to make sure, even though it's not a you know the six month season, he wants to make sure his pitchers don't break, and and he has been really really good at that during his time here, and and he will make sure that he has enough pitching so that nobody gets hurt because they're overused too soon. So I, I think that's key. So I like it. I think it's important. Cool. And um, then they'll gradually get back to 26. All right, let's get into my favorite rule. Universal DH. <laughs> I don't have to watch these stupid pitchers hitting baseballs anymore. Hitting baseballs. Not hitting baseballs anymore. Right. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. What are you guys? Are you guys excited? And is there a chance? Is there a chance that Universal DH is just a thing that happens from now on? I think yes. Yeah. I think it will happen from now on. Um, I think it's good, you know, whether you you like pitchers hitting or don't, or you know, feel that National League managers are geniuses because they can pull off the double switch. Um, it's such a disadvantage if you're an American League team. Yes. yes. 
yeah. all year long, your pitchers don't hit, and then you go to a National League park, and, you know, National League pitchers should be able to hit a little bit, so they're at an advantage. And then when they come to an American League park, woo they get to use a DH. So, again, advantage for them that, that they didn't normally have. So I think it really was tilted to the National League by not having it uniform. You know, make it uniform one way or another. But I like the DH. Um, I'm fine with pitchers not hitting. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's it's one of those, okay, hey, you know, especially in critical situations, like say you got, you know, you're down by one with a guy on second and third and two out and oh, here comes the pitcher. <laughs> it's just an automatic out. So I, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm in on the universal DH. I hope it sticks around. Well, I've always despised it late in games too. Close yeah. game. You got a relief pitcher in there that just lights out. You know, we've had a lot of those here in Cleveland, these relief pitchers that are lights out and, you know, back in, I just take like a guy like Andrew Miller back in, in 2016, where he just, nobody was going to hit him and he could go for a couple innings. And, and all of a sudden, if you're in an NL park, it's his, his turn to bat. You, you got to take him out. Yeah. It's absurd. It's the, the, the whole thing is the most absurd thing in baseball. So one way that uh coronavirus pandemic might help fix baseball is universal DH. I'm with you guys. I hope it sticks. Joe, are you I with us? Oh yeah. All right. Hit away. Swing away. <laughs> Unless it's Bartolo Colon. Then. Can, can I ask a question? Oh, yeah. Let him hit me. What's Joey doing down in Nashville? What are you doing down there? <laughs> oh, I. So I grew up in Cleveland uh, and then I moved down here uh, for school and then I live down here now. Uh, so I am. I am a Great Cleveland sir. sports fan uh, to the heart, even though I live down here now. Uh, keep up with my tribe. I got my MLB TV package and uh, <laughs> get as much of it as I can. Nice. It's going to be a lot more now. Yes. Oh yeah. Thank goodness. Already, already subscribed. So, All right, so we go from, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so what would, I don't even know what the counter argument would be to keep pitchers hitting in the NL. Like what, like what, what, what is even the argument for keeping it? Is, the, is it the double switch? I mean, what is it? I think it's the, the odd chance when Bartolo Colon hits a home run. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty fun. It was amazing. I say that, but man, it takes, you know, it doesn't happen. Often. Plus it's base, It's already a slow enough thing, but seven minutes for Bartolo Colon to round the bases is too much. Yeah, yeah. It's too much. It is. <laughs> it is like a, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it would take the wind out of your sails saying you're having like a, a six run inning, you know, and you have two out and then, Oh, well, well I guess this, this inning's going to be over. Cause here comes Adam Wainwright to the plates. Uh, I, well, I feel like, but I feel like national league fans probably are a little bummed because it is an advantage for national league clubs when they play American league clubs. It is an advantage yeah. when American league teams have to come in and these guys that don't hit ever have to start swinging bats. The only time we had a big time advantage was when um, Josh Tomlin was with the team. Yes. He, he could hit really well. And he, uh, this guy couldn't hit really well, but he had the greatest swings ever, which was CC Sabathia. Yes. Dude would swing out of his shoes and every hey. once in a while he would launch one. He still hit one of the longest home runs I've seen at yes. Dodger stadium back into the back end of that bullpen. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what I think is going to be a very popular rule change to one that I think is going to be very uh, controversial and uh, there's going to be a ton of people that don't like it. I'm on the fence until I see it. Uh, but so games go into extra innings and right from the get go in extra innings, we're going to put a runner on second base. Uh, how are we feeling about that one? It's the beer softball league uh, 
dream come true. <laughs> well, you put beer into it, so now I'm a little more okay. There with you it. go, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's it's great for the short season. I don't see it lasting past this season, but you know, it'll save your bullpen, especially since you're trying to pack so many games into what three months, four months. Um, I, I think it makes sense for now, but there's no way that carries over to next season. Wait, does this mean they can still sell beer in the X-ray innings if it's the beer league softball rule? I, who do we have to who do we have to talk to about this? <laughs> yeah, even question. if it's just Miller High Life's. Jim, do you have the right person I need to write an email to? <laughs> I could probably put you in touch with someone. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd, I think for this year it, it's good. And I don't know, it, it might be one of those things where if you see it enough, it might grow on you. Um, there's something about a long extra inning game that when you're in it, and I think the best example is in 2016 when the Indians – won 14 in a row that 14th was a 19 inning game up in toronto I remember. and it was a it was a ball like it just like ebbs and flows and flows. yeah but it went on and but where it killed you and where it would be yes death in this scenario with the short season it hurts you for about a week because your bullpen yeah. shot um you you end up i think they released two guys to make room for other guys and, and that was the end of the like Jabba Chamberlain, you never heard from him again. Right. Got released out, which was too bad because he was thrown okay. Mm -hmm. But they had to make room for someone else because he had thrown too much that day. So I think there's repercussions that go beyond that game that come into play. And that's where I think it's really important to try and do something during the 60-game season. Whether it carries over to next year will be real interesting. All right, so transactions are going to open up on Friday. We'll talk about that a little bit later because there's still some players out there. Uh, again, uh, maybe some interesting players, not that I think the Indians are going to do anything, but you never know on a one-year thing this year, you never know. Uh, uh, trade deadline is going to be August 31st. So there's going to be like 30, 35 games before the trade deadline. And I would have imagined that the Indians were going to be a, no matter where they were, the Indians are always one of the most active trade deadline teams. Uh, but especially with some of the storylines that uh, it makes me want to throw up to even rehash, uh, uh, but you would imagine with some of those storylines, uh, there was going to be a lot of talk about the Indians at the trade deadline, either things that the fans were going to like or that they really weren't going to like. Uh, is that enough time? Is 30, 35 games, is that enough time to do anything of any significance? Is anything going to happen at the trade deadline? I think a lot will happen. It's not nearly enough time to, to figure out what to do. Right. Um, I think everybody's going to be, close that i'd be shocked if you know there there there's someone so far i mean maybe some of these teams that are not supposed to be good like the, the orioles the tigers obviously are rebuilding still um so they might want to be in a position where they can move somebody to a contender um the tigers are just gonna be selling at the start <laughs> but now, right, who do you so want team, you know if you're within five games and, and that's almost the halfway point um you gotta, you gotta stay with it, don't you? Yeah. You yeah. At that point. So yeah, it's it's gonna be fascinating because that's not enough time to make a judgment on your team. But in this context, it'll have to be. Right, because it's not a marathon this season; it's a sprint. Yeah. So you're gonna have to figure it out quickly. Well, and we kind of skipped over that, but let's let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk. I think that's gonna be so cool. It's just gonna be such a change of pace. 
Uh, again, I've made my opinion known on this podcast. I don't like 162 games. I think it's 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 more than what's needed, but I get why people like it too. That's fine. But I'm so excited for this just totally different situation. 60 games. Imagine how many teams are still going to be in it 40 games in, 50 games right. in. Imagine how many teams are going to be sitting there thinking teams that probably with 162 game season are not like if you take 60 game samples, the Mets would have been the best team at the end of last year. Like the, the amount of teams that are going to be able to compete for 60 games. Uh, there's something really excited about exciting about that. And it's like, I feel like they should like plan a 60 game season once every like five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Switch it up a little. Well, and from an Indian standpoint too, uh, you know, it's, it's so important because they're typically not a fast starting team, but you can't afford to have a slow start this year and, and, and hope to uh, make the playoffs, hope to do anything in the postseason. So uh, you, that's my hope for the Indians this year is, is that fast start is so much more important. You know, it's funny. We always talk about, you know, the, the length of the baseball season and, you know, it's not like the, Browns, if they win or lose, it means everything every Sunday. Right. But it almost does this time around. Yeah. You know, if you go yeah. into a three, four game losing skit, uh oh, you know, you might yeah. slip a little bit and and not have time to, to catch up. So so maybe we will treat them like the Sundays in the fall, you know. Oh no, I don't know if I can and die with that. every game. <laughs> oh no. You just made me think about that. I don't know if I can, you know. I don't even want to talk about. Come on, it's only two months worth. You you can do it. Oh <laughs> God, just the, that feeling when like that your team loses in football and it like lasts for the week. Yeah. Normally well, the Indians will lose a game. You're like, eh. oh at no. At least you're coming back the next day. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this one isn't so much a talking point, but I just think it's kind of cool that they've made a COVID list. So you know, baseball's got like the injured list that players have to stay on it for a certain amount of time. Even if it's, even if they only need a few days off, if they need to clear space on the roster, they'll put them on the list for 10 games or whatever. Now there's a COVID list, which is kind of cool where there's no minimum time. They just have to get better and then come back. So I thought that was cool. Um, Joe, uh, I like this one. You and I were talking about this a little bit before. Um, I like this idea. I don't know if it's finalized or not, but I love this down in Nashville at this, incredibly beautiful stadium that they have in Nashville for their triple a team, the sounds for the Rangers, right? Now the Rangers. Yeah. Now the Rangers. Yep. Um, there's going to be like two free agent teams kind of, at least that's the discussion that MLB yeah. teams can draw from if they need. So, what, I'm sure you've heard a lot about it, Joe down there. What, what's the yeah, talk? A couple of things need to happen before uh, Nashville needs to pass are going to stage four of reopening, which uh, they've had zero regard for any type of precautions. Uh, so I don't imagine Great. that that's going to happen. <laughs> um, so they have to have that by July 23rd. Um, but essentially what it sounds like, it's going to be something where MLB teams can pull from this free agent pool. Um, and what it's going to be is it'll allow the players to stay uh, active and warm. And so let's say somebody has like, three starting pitchers go down because they haven't thrown in three months and they're all, all of a sudden game action. Right. Um, then they can pull from this free agent pool. Um, I don't know if there's going to be like a tier where you can kind of like a waiver wire uh, to pull from these teams or what the full uh, rules are for yet. Uh, but it seems like a cool idea instead of having full triple a for all the teams available. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, 
I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be some things that maybe stick. I don't know if that's one. I mean, obviously, part of the reason for that is the the lack of of minor league uh, play going on. Is is there going to be minor? I haven't even looked at that. Is there going to be minor league play happening? I'm not sure how there can be because it sounds like teams are just going to go with a taxi squad, right, um, located near their town, and they can pull guys from there. And then, as, as Joey mentioned. Um, Nashville is not the only city that's doing that. I think there's a, some others throughout the country that are maybe scaled down independent leagues that are going to keep guys playing. And yeah. I'll guarantee you there'll be scouts at those games if needed. And and you mentioned earlier there's, there's a COVID list. I mean, if a team is hit especially hard by that, they might not be able to fill their roster from just the, the taxi squad and they'll, or, or they'll need guys to bring in to fill out the taxi squad to keep sure. Them. So there's gotta be guys playing baseball somewhere that they can pull from and, and good players. Yeah. And right, so we're now that all the nonsense is done, we're going to get baseball back. Um, how much, how much harm did baseball do to itself here? Uh, baseball fans are notorious and, and listen, it's, it, we talked about this uh, on our podcast last week. Baseball has a hard time, I think. Sometimes Major League Baseball has a hard time learning from its past. And it, in its past, when there have been quarrels and disputes, it's been hard for them to get fans back quickly. Uh, how much harm did baseball do? Because this was not a good look publicly. The fact that this went so public and that the players are talking on Twitter and the owners are talking in the media – the fact that it went so public fans, uh, almost everybody I'm talking to is like, I don't even care. Like they've lost me. Not that they would lose you permanently maybe, but how much harm did they do to itself? And, and, and why does it seem like it, it always feels to me like baseball lives in the short-term world and they don't kind of think like long-term effects of these smaller decisions. I, I don't think we'll know until next year, maybe. And the reason I say that is, there's not going to be at least initially. And, and I don't think at any point fans allowed to attend. Right. Games. Maybe yeah. near the end. I don't know, but um, it's hard to judge because even if they are allowed to attend, it probably would be, you know, at, at a fraction of the capacity so they can observe social distancing. If it goes back to normal next spring, which is no guarantee. Right. Uh, then I think you'll be able to make a judgment, you know, as, as next season gets going. Um, I think there are some fans who, who were upset about it. And I think what what's a shame, I mean, could baseball, what's today, June 24th, could baseball have been playing already? If, if they had gotten things squared away from a health standpoint, could they have been playing already if they had gotten the economic part of it squared away? I think they could have. So that's what's disappointing because how, how cool would it have been July 4th weekend to have major league baseball going. And especially if yeah. it was the only thing going among the team sports. They could so, have been first yeah. back. Yeah. And then I don't know, do we put too much emphasis on what that meant would have meant? I don't think so. I think that would have been a big deal, especially if they had more than a month jump on the NBA playoffs, um, you know, the NHL to some extent. And, and of course, uh, you know, the NFL is hoping to, to get started on time. So we'll see. I mean, all of these things are, you know, it seems each week something new pops up Corona wise. So you're never a hundred percent sure it's all going to come off as planned, but uh, baseball certainly had an opportunity to be in that spotlight 
you know, get some of the kids back, you know, the, the young kids who maybe have veered off to other sports, soccer, basketball, whatever, um, it would have been a great chance to, to bring them back. And, and they, they may have missed on that opportunity for sure. Yeah. I mean, baseball essentially had a chance to take over America there, there, there for a, a month or two, but you know, Jim, I, you know, apparently according to reports, they had a deal set back in March to, to, to start playing. Why, why did that fall apart? I mean, all, I know all of a sudden, did the owners get scared of, of the money they were losing? Like, why did that, what, what happened? What changed in that, in that amount of time to where it was, to where they, they, they said, all right, we need to renegotiate. I, I, I don't know that we'll ever know who was, I don't want to say telling the truth, but the, the player's side had an understanding that whenever they came back, they would get the 100% per game salary for however many games they played. And the, the owners maintained that they said, no, if, if we cannot have fans, we have to make an adjustment on that because the amount of revenue coming in will drop substantially. And there's a difference of opinion as to <laughs> what was said and who was right and who was wrong. The players say, no, they, that was not in there. The owners say, yes, it was. And I don't know that we'll ever know truly um, which side was correct on that. And that seems to be where it really went off the rails. Well, I will say maybe for baseball, as much as I think they have such a hard time learning a lesson and, and we didn't, we don't here in Cleveland, we didn't experience what happened after 1994 because all of a sudden our team was good for the first time in a thousand years. And so <laughs> 94, they go on strike. Cleveland didn't care because in 95, they came back and we sold out every game for the next five years, six years, whatever it was. And I mean, the whole rest of baseball for the next three years was in, there was a lot of struggles going on, getting fans back, getting support. Uh, but again, baseball got lucky because in 1998, as the, uh, the ESPN documentary, which by the way, if you want to know how, how baseball could have had it, there's millions and millions and millions of people watching these ESPN documentaries just to have a taste of some kind of sport. Uh, uh, as the documentary, uh, what was it called? Long Gone Summer, right? Yeah. About McGuire and Sosa and Ken Griffey. Uh, that brought people back. Maybe this crazy new league that we're going to have this year helps keep people into it because I think it is going to be fast and exciting. And I think you are going to have those ups and downs that you get in other sports where you lose a game and you're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Uh, so maybe baseball is going to get lucky again. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many things involved between, you know, I think there'll be an increase in injuries um, just because of, of the way spring training was so convoluted. Um, there'll be Corona factors for sure. I think um, it's, it's just going to be fascinating to, to see how different teams handle it. Well, let's switch over. Let's switch up. Oh, go ahead, Chad. No, I was going to say, I don't mean to sidetrack you guys here, but you mentioned long gone summer. How much would you guys pay for a piece of sports memorabilia? Like, what's the Not, max amount you would pay for a piece of sports memorabilia? Uh, whatever a jersey costs sometimes. Yeah. I'm not buying, like, autographs and baseballs. Yeah. $3 million for, for Mark McGuire's 70th home run ball. I would have sold know, it, too. When I watched it, what's that? I said, I would have sold it, too, for $3 million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that for life yeah. yeah but isn't it worth like isn't it worth now like six hundred thousand dollars like it's not even that is not a good investment 
honestly, but that's, I mean, on a side note, I guess, isn't that the kind of, you know, they call it FU money that we all hope to achieve? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's like like what all these, when, when owners and players are fighting in the public eye, they've got that kind of money. They don't, it is what it is. All right, let's you, you know, if you look if you look hard enough in those garages, I'll bet there's some some laying around. Some that money. brown flag is probably worth four dollars, and that's probably the most expensive sports thing I have in this garage. <laughs> Listen, you put that up on eBay right now, and I'll get a guarantee you it's ten bucks from the Garage Beers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's no, I, let's yeah let's get into our Indians. Let's let's get into the Indians and talk about how we think this whole thing is going to go for our team. Uh, I'm going to start with, I love that the, 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 the odds came out. Uh, I hate them. Like, are we, aren't we a good team? Like, did we get bad all of a sudden? They got the Indians at like 30 to one. Like, I think they're like in the bottom half of all major league baseball teams to win the world series. Are, what's happening there. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Yep. yep. Love it. Oh God, yeah. Right where we oh want to be. Yeah, so let them let them do that. That's fine. That's absolutely fine because I think they have a, a real good ball club. I mean, what do you like to have? Good starting pitching. Um, their their lineup, I think, is better than people give them credit for. Yeah. Especially the the hitters that they have. We're going to be playing infield this year. That's yes. A, you got quality hitters at every position on the infield, mm-hmm. and I think you know there make there's potential for a couple of surprises in the outfield. Um, you know. I, when spring training ended, I, I don't know that the bullpen was quite settled yet, um, but somehow each year, Terry Francona seems to mix and match. I mean, if you said last year going right. into the year that the Indian CRA would be as a bullpen as low as it was, you know, you might have raised an eyebrow or two, but he's such a master at mixing and matching and and not overextending guys, and and it all works somehow, and, and I think they'll do that again. I If I... I'm going to take my disposable income and I'm going to go, I'm going to go put it on the Indians. So I've got a chance to hold on. Let me check my calculator real quick. I got a chance to make $30. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Take that, take that bike that's hanging up behind it. Put that in there too. That might get you a little more. I'm going to get 30 bikes. <laughs> I, I, I like my, honestly, and this goes for all my Cleveland. Teams. I love my Cleveland teams with no expectations. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's just a, I, I, I know it's, I, I don't know, maybe a negative way of thinking, but in my opinion, when, when they don't, you know, a lot of the, our Cleveland teams don't rise to the occasion when there's expectations set on them. No. I want people to sleep on this. Indian I want people to sleep on this Indian team because they are very good. They are very good. So don't let nobody talk about them and let them sneak up on people. And I think that's when Cleveland sports teams are at their best. I mean, look at when the Cleveland, well, look when the Indians won over a hundred games, they were ousted in the first round of the playoffs, right? you know, and nobody gave them a chance in 2016 and they made it to the world series. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think when Cleveland sports teams who are good, have no expectations, they perform a lot better. All right. Well, let's it's more fun that way. Let's get into the roster a little bit because I do want to, I want to dive in a little bit. We talk about this. I'm going to start with the starting pitching and obviously we don't know the roster yet. We have no idea what this thing is going to look like, but we have a general idea of, of some things. So I'm going to start with the starting pitching. Uh, we had Matt Lodi on uh, a few weeks back and I said the same thing to him. We, I think we're all talking about this starting pitching. Like it's like an amazing starting pitching staff. 
And does it have the potential for that? Of course. But like when I look at this potential starting pitching, I see Bieber, I see Clevenger, um, and then I see question marks. Uh, even Carrasco. I, I love Carrasco. I love him. But he's a question mark at this point. Uh, and then you've got guys like Plutko, uh, Plesak, Savali, uh, guys that had great years. You know, Savali had like a 2.34 ERA, ERA last year. Uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a little more concerned about, I think there's quality there. I think there's potential there, but I'm a, it's, this is not the days of Kluber, Bauer, uh, Clevenger, Carrasco, all pitching well, like kind of in their prime. I'm a, I'm, I, I guess I'm not really as sold on the starting pitching as a lot of people talk like they are. Well, I think it could go one of two ways. Um, I think Mike Clevenger and Shane Bieber have Cy Young potential, no question. And even if they fall short of that, I think they'll have really, really good seasons. I think it's fair to say Carrasco is a, is a question mark because you just don't know how he's going to react. Now, I will say right. this. He may benefit from the shorter season because I think the question mark going in was, can he make 30 starts coming off of everything that happened last summer? Is he a 200-inning guy? And I think the initial answer was probably not, you know, they're going to have to keep an eye on him, maybe skip a turn here and there. And that's just, you know, not anything anybody said, but I think it's just common sense. Um, now you might not have to do that. So you can just, you know, guys are going to get half the starts less than that than they normally would. So you don't have to worry so much about innings, but I think what is a fair question is sometimes pitchers and position players too in that second year after a good rookie season sometimes they take a step back now Shane Bieber took a step forward big right. time in his second year so that's what the Indians are hoping from Savali and Plesak and I will tell you Plesak was on fire in spring training throwing the ball great Savali was solid um I know it's spring training so you take it with a grain of salt but they both looked awesome um but I think there's certainly the potential is there where you have to be careful and, and maybe expect some struggles as they go through the adjustments that the league is making to them. Um, I wouldn't put it past them to take that step forward that Bieber did, but sure. I, I'm sure that they're guarding against that. Um, what the answer is, if they struggle, I'm not sure. But um, this time a year ago, they weren't even on the radar and some <laughs> other got hurt and then all of a sudden they, they step forward. So they'll need some of that at some point, I think. Do we think um, that there will be any issues? I know both Clevenger and Carrasco had injuries in spring training. Uh, Clevenger had the knee surgery and Carrasco had the, I think, elbow inflammation. Uh, you know, I think they're back. I think I read that they're back to 100%, but, you know, if, if something acts up again, especially with them being off for so long, uh, you know, then you're really diving deep into this uh, deep rotation that we think we have. Uh, and I think that's really going to put a, a really good test on it, especially with how high a stakes we have uh, for each one of these games. Yeah, I think with, with as few starts as there are, you don't want a healthy Mike Clevenger or a, a healthy Carlos Carrasco. Um, if they sustain injuries, that's a big blow because of, of the shortness of it. So um, I, I think Clevenger's fine. Um, he wasn't that far away when, when spring training stopped. Um, 
and it seems like Carrasco has been throwing pens actually here for a while. So hopefully he's okay too. They wouldn't, he wouldn't be throwing pens if he wasn't. Yeah. Cookie's out here posting workout videos. Like he's miles Garrett. He looks, he looks great. So, I mean, he could fill in for Garrett, you know, (laughs) he's good at swinging helmets. Oh, he deadlifted 655 pounds the other day. That's cool. He did. He did. Uh, So here's another question I have about the shortness of all of this. How long do teams stick with five man rotations? Do teams stick with five man rotations? I think so. I mean, which direction are you suggesting they go? Uh, shorter. I mean, no. again, you're, you've got a, you've got a hundred less games. Yeah. So if, if I've got a question mark and I don't have a pitcher that's performing at the fifth spot, do I kind of go to a four man rotation and maybe throw in a fifth guy every once in a while? I don't see him doing that. You don't. Uh, I think that the the five man rotation has been around you know, for all of these pitchers, their entire lives. Um, and I think you see it when in the postseason, when a, when a pitcher is asked, you know, that, Oh, well, he's going good. Let's throw him on three days rest. And then they always seem to struggle or, or in a pennant race situation where, where they try and maybe match up and, and run a guy out there on short rest. And it just seems like it's a struggle for that pitcher because they're not used to it. I don't think the Indians would do that with, with any of their pitchers at this point. I don't think it'll make a difference. So if, if they do do that, have me back on and I'll say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Jim Rosenhaus said, you guys were not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing out there? <laughs> I, can't I don't care that you won the division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's switch over to the relievers real quick. Uh, man, I'm, I, this is depressing to talk about because I really felt like some of the moves uh, the Indians made, I thought they were going to have the most killer back end of the bullpen in baseball. Any word on Emmanuel Clause? Uh, he obviously, if you're, if you're not familiar and you're listening, he was suspended for PED use for 80 games. That's half a season. PED so is there any word on... I'm just saying. What'd you say? PED should be allowed in baseball. I'm just saying. <laughs> don't let Chad, don't let Chad get off on that. No, no, no. <laughs> any word on... Uh, listen, I, 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 when they made that trade and he was one of the guys that came back, I remember watching him make Francisco Lindor look like the worst hitter in baseball last year. Uh, he struck him out with the nastiest, like hundred mile an hour cutter that I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, any word on potential reductions to, to suspensions? Uh, he's supposed to be out half a year. So could we be looking at a 30 game suspension for him or are they going to uphold all suspensions? I would think it would stay at 80. I have not heard anything concrete, but I don't see him pitching now for the Indians this season. I'd, I'd be shocked if they just went, went 30 games. I think it's, it's not a half a season. It, it's the games that, that are part of that suspension. So I, I don't see him helping And And he was hurt at the time anyway, when he, when he went on the suspended list. Um, so there was no guarantee that, that he was healthy at that point anyway. So it, it's just been, a tough deal all around for him since joining the Indians. And I don't think we'll see him till next season. Hmm. Man, that is sad. Then you just made me sad there, Jim. <laughs> I have some of that. What, what is that you're was that you're having? Well, I got to switch it up now because I'm out of my saved by the Belma, but uh, uh, I'm going to AC Slater my way over to the fridge. That's something to be sad about. <laughs> what other high class snobby beer have you moved to? Excuse me. I'll be back. Wow. <laughs> uh, 
so sticking in the bullpen, obviously the good news is uh, you still got, you still got Brad hand and you still got solid guys like Nick Wickren, Adam Simber. Um, please tell me Karen check is going to be a permanent part of the bullpen because that dude is also see, I, that's what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning him and Clause and hand yeah. all three at the end yeah. of the game. How do you hit against that? That reminds me yeah. of 2016. Yeah, I, I think I think Karen Check will be a big part of it. Um, you know, again, how, how will he handle this this time away? I think for younger players, it might be more of a challenge. How how do they come back from the time off? So hopefully, he comes back and and is throwing the way he was during the regular spring training because he was throwing really well. So um, I think he'll help, but. Um, you know, last year, I think at the beginning of the season, we didn't know much about Whitgren and he went out and had a good year. And there's always one or two pitchers that, that uh, maybe you don't count on going into the season, or at least we're not thinking about that the team is, and they go on to, to big things. I'm, I'm sure that'll be the case. Well, that's a good point too. Anybody else to kind of keep an eye on in that bullpen, especially in the absence of Clause? You know, Phil Maton was throwing pretty good this spring. Um, I'm trying to cash. It seems like so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Who's even on this team anymore? Yeah. He's like, who's the, does anyone know who's on these rosters? <laughs> I'm pretty see. sure Eric Plunk is poised for a solid year. Yeah. Um, Plunk, Austin Mocker, is he still with us? <laughs> hey, listen, that, that inning, I, I can't tell you what, which game I can't tell you exactly, but there was an inning in the ALCS in 95 against the Mariners where Paul Ossenmacher struck out Jay Buhner, Ken Griffey and Edgar Martinez in an inning. And it's the greatest inning. I can, I still remember being so nervous and he went and just lit them all up. And Paul Ossenmacher, he put a place in my heart when he did that. (laughs) Good pitcher. Good pitcher. Solid left. Crafty. Crafty lefty. Paul Ossenmacher, (laughs) my guy. I love it. All right, so bullpen, a little bit of a question, uh, but again, like you said, Tito's Tito's just got guys that step up. Time, Oliver Perez last year, great year. Uh, bullpens got, are so finicky, though. Year in and year out, bullpens are just so finicky. So, I mean, we'll just – we'll see. I mean, we know the talent's there. We'll just – hopefully they will put together a good year. I think for GMs, that's the part of the team they, they – oh. Put it together and then look away. It's got to be just <laughs> yeah. the the need for all Tylenol and Midol is yeah, the bullpen. Right, right. Uh, let me oh, just when it gets going. Yeah, let when me it just, gets going good. They're they're happy. What do you got there? Let me just point out. I'm going to join you uh, on some real fancy beers. My number two is going to be one of my favorites, uh, a PBR. I'm going to save. I'm going out to get my favorite cheap beer of all time. I'm going to save it for next week, uh, but. Uh, PBR is going to join the, the the program here right now. Now you're getting me to me. Like, can we like hang on for like ten minutes? I'll just run up to the store here, get some get some beer, and come back. No, a week. <laughs> yeah, you had a week, <laughs> and you're yeah, actually outside busy. working. You actually go busy. to work. The season's starting soon. Let's move this along. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the lineup real quick uh, because. I think that part isn't getting enough credit. I think and personally, I think the starting lineup is getting too much credit. Again, it could be great, but I think people are just assuming it's great. And I think there are some question marks. The lineup on the other hand, I think there's not a heck of a lot of question marks. So you got 
Roberto Perez, uh, the team signed Sandy Leone behind him at catcher. You've got Santana coming off just an insane year last year. Hopefully he can replicate. Uh, and then you got Jake Bowers, who, man, I remember when they made that trade uh, for Bowers. And, and I remember how upset I saw Rays fans real upset because they liked Bowers. He didn't quite catch on the way we kind of hoped he did. But again, this is still a guy with a ton of potential. So hopefully he can yeah. kind of put it together. Big free agent acquisition uh, in uh, Cesar Hernandez uh, at second base. Kind of weird to not say Jason Kipnis there, but Hernandez at second base, really good fielder and a, a, just a solid producer at the plate. Uh, hit, what, like 280 last year with 14, 15 homers. Not a power guy, but certainly like kind of an ideal, like number two hitter almost. Yeah, that's plenty for me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Lindor and Ramirez on the other side of the infield. Uh, just awesome. I, I want to say Ramirez, man. Had a horrendous year last year and for him and still hit like 20 plus bombs and drove in 80 plus RBIs. Like, that's where that's, we're at with power today. I mean, you can hit 220 as long as you give me 20 to 30 bombs and drive in like 80 to 100 runs. You've got yourself a spot on a major league roster. Well, my favorite thing about Ramirez, though, is like a lot of there's a lot of power hitters that are like that. Power hitters that hit 220, and, and that's fine. That's their year. That's all they're ever going to be. They're Adam Dunn. They hit 190 with 35 bombs. It, it, you know. But Jose Ramirez, he, had a, he would, I, I'm sure if you talk to him, he would say, I was terrible last year. Yeah. But he was oh, still yeah. productive. Yes. He's so right. good. He had, that, he had a good about month and a half stretch that, that saved it. And then, um, you know, got hurt toward the end. But yeah. Uh, believe me, they're fine with him at third base. That infield. Uh, again, I don't know that I don't know that Roberto pr- produces at the plate the way he did last year because he had a good year at the plate. But man, that infield is rock solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think certainly. I hate to say it because we love Jason Kipnis in Cleveland. He was a great Cleveland Indian for a long time, but certainly an upgrade at second base. Well, and it is hard to you know to say yeah, there's a big upgrade at second base because Kipnis is gone. Um, but I think. Well, the one thing that is encouraging, Hernandez has has played a lot of games the last couple of years, and yes. and Kip was having a hard time staying on the field in, in different spots and and playing as as often as he he could. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it pans out because on paper it could be a nice upgrade from from the recent vintage of of Jason Kipnis, not the All Star Kip, because right. that was that was a pretty good player. Oh yeah. But, you know, I think the last couple of years he had a hard time staying on the field. Yeah. So then you, you head out to the outfield. Uh, uh, is it, I'm going to guess it's left field. That's the question mark. Uh, you should have Mercado in center field. You've got Delano to shields that'll, that'll, you know, probably back him up and probably play some platooning elsewhere because he's awesome defensively. Uh, you've got Domingo Santana, another good free agent pickup that hit 20 plus homers last year, 70 RBIs. Um, Left field, left field appears. I think the the thought is he probably plays right field. Left field appears to be a question. Well, I think the, the other candidates, you know, you could certainly look at Jordan Lupo, who had a breakthrough year last year against any lefty. I, I think Tyler Naquin will be back by the time we start playing. I really do. Um, and if that's the case, that's a big boost. And I, I think they're going to give Franmil Reyes a little bit of time in the outfield, which would certainly bump up the outfield quite a bit in terms of, of offense and then you hope you don't lose too much defensively, but he had to play out there with the Padres. So it's not like he hasn't been out there before. Um, and he 
came into camp, slimmed down, you know, ready to go chase good. some flat balls down and, <laughs> and really give it a good effort. So, um, you know, I, I, 2016, if you look back at the outfield roster heading into the season on opening day, it was a mess. Um, several of them did not make it to the end of the year, but, you know, even by the end of the year, it certainly wasn't a strong part of the team right. or strongest part of the team, but it worked out fine. Yeah, I think, I think uh, to me, in my opinion, I think Jake Bowers is kind of the key to that. Uh, and, and it's because of this. Jordan Luplo is a lefty masher, and there's no reason to think he's not going to be that again. He's our Brandon Geyer. And, and again, I, as, a, as, a, as a Texas A&M guy, I love Tyler Naquin, but, you know, probably a backup guy at this point. I feel like if, if Bowers and if Bowers and Luplo could kind of platoon that left field and go righty lefty, and then you've got, you know, a guy like Bowers, the, the potential for, for power out of Bowers is incredible. So you got a guy like Bowers, you got a guy like uh, Santana, both of them, both Santana's friend, Mel Reyes all in the lineup together. I mean, that's a power with Lindor and with Ramirez and with I mean, Carlos. And like, that is a crazy power lineup. There's potential there to, to score a lot of runs. And, and, you know, I, I think it, you talk about slow starts and, and at times the Indians have been a 500 club for a month or so. And, and I guess that's defined as a slow start. I don't know, but you know, a lot of times it, early on cold guys don't get going quickly. But this year, they'll be starting in the heat of the summer, and that may help yes. this club a lot. It may, might help them a lot to get off to a good start. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So, so the other thing I'm thinking in the left field, a lot of Indians fans are probably on board with this. Hold on. Or right field, I guess. Out of, out of nowhere? But there's a guy that doesn't have a team right now. Oh, I know where you're going. And it's only a 60-game season, so I'm going to guess you could probably just nab him for a season. And he played for us last year. <laughs> and he's been an Indians trade target for like 15 years, even though he's only played in the league for six. Pretty good hitter. Pretty good hitter. Pretty big arm. Kind of a crazy guy. Kind of can throw people out from anywhere on the field, maybe even the bleachers. And I, I know he maybe caused a little disruption or maybe wasn't the most popular amongst at least maybe some – coaches of his but like it's a 60 game season so you don't have to put up with him for that long uh isn't it a fit uh, it might that may be something they're talking about i mean you mentioned i think it's friday they can open up with transactions so um yeah i don't know if that's someone there that they've earmarked to to really take a good hard look at because um they made it work last year yeah so yeah, could it work again? Maybe. He wasn't great with us last year. He, he didn't come in and do what we hoped he was going to do. No. We're talking about Yasiel Puig. We haven't even said yeah. the poor oh, man's yeah. name at this point. Hi, Yasiel Puig. <laughs> but I think here's the thing. I, I, I don't know that and maybe he won't have a choice, but he wants more than, than one year. Um, now, whether he gets that at this point, that might not be his choice. That may be all he's offered anywhere. And then maybe the Indians come into play. I, I don't know, based on everything that's happened, you know, are they in a position to go out and offer anyone more than, than one year at this point or a third of a year as it would be at this point. But obviously the dream, like for those kind of guys, right? Like Jay Bruce or Puig or whatever, 
the the thing of it's kind of the same concept as getting traded at the trade deadline. You yeah. go crush it for the, your new team and give yourself a Jay Bruce deal. Give yourself mm-hmm. a nice. Uh, he didn't get a huge deal, but give yourself a nice multi-year contract with whatever team picks you up. So maybe, hopefully, it's kind of the same situation. Like uh, a guy might be willing to say, listen, you're only playing 60 games. I want to go play for a contender, try to win. Uh, I'll join them for one season, and then maybe that'll get me my next contract. I don't know a lot of teams that are going to be given big multi-year contracts right now. And I think it's safe to say um, the guy you're talking about, I think he liked it here a lot. So, so, yeah, he did. It's a nice place here, Jim. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, like it he here. Liked the, he liked the team. He liked liked the city. I think I think he had a good time here. Yeah, the guys are really fun. We have good food. I mean, if there's <laughs> anything Cleveland knows how to do, is we know how to eat and drink. So, sure. <laughs> is, is he dialed into this podcast? By the way, is he? I, yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Rosie, hey, if, if you know anything, start. He's in the waiting room. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> Rosie, if you've heard any, if you've heard any inside info, give us a wink. Give us, give us, give us something. <laughs> I am so out of the loop right now. Take two drinks of your Miller High Life. Take I'm two drinks to get back of your Miller High Life if you know anything. If, if we could coax him with the champagne of beer. Oh, yes! There you go. But yeah, I, I'm so out of the loop. I, June, July 1st is when spring training starts. Hopefully I get back in the loop. Yeah, get back in the loop. You still got a little time, though. Um, so obviously I think the lineup looks good. Any, any room for any of these young guys, these big, exciting names that we're all excited about as Indians fans, whether it's in the starting lineup with a guy like Tristan McKenzie, whether it's in, or sorry, the rotation, whether it's in the lineup with guys like Daniel Johnson, Nolan Jones, we got a little taste of Bobby Bradley. We saw how far he can hit the ball uh, a couple of times last year. Any room in a shortened season with this roster for any of those young players? You know, maybe less than than you would see over the course of a long season. Um, but uh, I think the two names you mentioned uh, that stand out to me are Daniel Johnson. Um, maybe he's one that gets plugged into that outfield mix. Um, and then uh, to the point earlier about the rotation, if there are step backs or injuries, uh, I think Tristan McKenzie could be a name that that they're really thinking about as someone who can help in that regard. Now, they were taking it extremely slow with him in spring training. Um, so I'm not sure where he is as part of that and, and missing, you know, he missed a full year of development a year ago. He's going to miss a full year of development again. Uh, um, any development he's going to have could be, will will have to be in major league games. So it'll be real interesting. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to find out. I, 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 uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for a sprint of a baseball season. I don't, we've never experienced that before. So that's pretty awesome. And uh, again, I think it's going to mean so much. Every game is going to mean so I'm so much. excited for that. And it's going to be so exciting. I'm so excited for that. So uh, just real quick outside of the Indians, Rosie, uh, obviously you see a lot of teams all the time uh, and you kind of have to study baseball for your job and study what the other teams are doing. So, Outside of the tribe, we've talked a little bit about what the 60-game season is going to mean for them and what, what this whole situation is going to mean. Which teams do you think are impacted the most by the current situation? Which teams do you think, either positive or negative, uh, are impacted the most? Yeah, I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, but I think the White Sox really 
kind of pushed their chips to the middle of the table. They made some, you know, big yeah. contract moves yeah. to to really go for it and <laughs> and end the rebuilding phase and say, hey, we're contenders now. So it, you know, there's some urgency there, and with that comes some pressure for a team that hasn't won in a while. So you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen. But um, you know, they they certainly are a team that that could be really really good. Uh, just with the moves that they made in the offseason. I think the Twins are going to be good again. I don't think last year was a fluke. Um, I think they'll be be pretty solid. I am a little concerned about their pitching. I don't know um, if that'll wear well, but we'll see. What do you got? Oh, I was going to say, you know, even – I'm always concerned about the Twins every time yeah. an Indians baseball season starts, Jim, because it just – it doesn't matter. It seems like it doesn't matter. You know what? Like, throughout the course of a baseball season – you know what teams kind of just have your number and no matter what, how good or how bad we are, it always seems that the Indians just have trouble with the twins. So I'm always going to be worried about the twins. Yeah. So, you know, are they, are those two teams impacted more than the Indians or less than the Indians by the layoff? I don't know, but I I don't, I'm not going to look at them any differently than I was in spring training as it, Hopefully it'll be a three-team race. I think that would be a lot of fun. And and let's face it, it, it could be right down to the end because it's only 60 games. So uh, outside of individual teams, obviously the AL East is going to play the NL East, the AL Central, NL Central, vice versa, all that. Which division, and this can go to anybody, which division gets hosed by this? Which division is just effed because because – they've got to play their division plus the one opposite them. Like, I feel like, I feel like I wouldn't put like the AL central in that. Cause uh, I don't know that the NL central is, is the strongest division right now. I actually think, I mean, I know a lot of people are expecting things out of the reds. You still have the Cardinals, the Cubs, but eh. it's probably one of the more like uh, competitively balanced divisions though, in baseball, I would say, even though, even though they might not be the best teams, I would say it's competitively balanced. I, mean, I would th- I would think if from from an American League perspective, um, if you're in the AL East and you have to play the NL East, defending world champs, the Atlanta Braves are going to be really good. Yeah. Um, when the Indians saw the Mets last year, they were pretty good. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so I know there's some bottom feeders. I think the Phillies will, you know, they're still trying to get it right, and maybe they do. So that that's a, a tough division right there. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go uh, on the east side of things. I, I think that's that's a tough road to hold for those teams. Yeah, I'm with you too. I think that the Blue Jays and the Rays and the Orioles are just like, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you already have to deal with the the Red Sox and Yankees all season. Now you got to deal with the NL East, who is probably probably the hottest uh, division in baseball, aside from maybe the Phillies. But uh, yeah, that Mets thing was crazy. All right, so let's. Let's get into a couple fun things before we wrap things up. Um, let's get into We want to talk about some predictions. I told you guys to be ready. Rosie, you know, I didn't warn you about that. But You didn't tell me. You didn't tell I, me. To be I ready. didn't warn you about that. But <laughs> let's talk about some predictions. Let's talk about I, – I don't know that we have to go division by division. But, but maybe uh, your two top teams in the AL – the teams that you think might battle it out in the ALCS, your two top teams that you think might battle it out in the NLCS, your World Series matchup, and your champion. Who do you – uh, I'm going to give you a minute, Rosie, because I didn't, I didn't warn you. I, I, I hate predictions because they never, 
oh, they're not going to be right. I didn't tell you you have to be right. And we're not going to hold it against you. But yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're never going to invite me back. I will. You're bringing you're you're bringing the Miller High Life, so you can come back on the Garage Beers podcast. Oh yeah, we need champagne all the time on this show. We need champagne all the time. Jad Jad doesn't get to say what we need because he's drinking vodka, and this garage, this podcast is not called the Garage Bo- Vodka's podcast right now. I hate your face. Okay. <laughs> all right, Chad. Chad, why don't you start us off? Your ALCS teams, your NLCS teams, and then push them up from there. I told you to be prepared and you're rubbing your face. Uh, well, well, that's the thing. It's going to be so hard to predict here in the shortened season, but you know what? I'm going to stick with the homerism. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Indians, uh, Indians in the coming out of the AL and uh, let's go with the Astros. Coming out of the coming out of the NL, and they're going to be in the World Series. The Astros aren't in the NL, buddy. Indians are going to be. Oh, that's what I'm. Oh shit. Oh god. So the Indians and the Astros in the ALCS. Indians and Astros in the ALCS. (laughs) I I don't know Cubs and. Oh wow, the Cubs. Cubs and Braves in the NLCS with the Braves coming out of the NL. And who wins it? Indians, of course. Let's go try. Let's go. Joe, what do you got? Um, okay. NLCS. I have the Braves um coming out of the East versus the Dodgers for an NLCS matchup. Um AL. Um gonna be like a little not hometown favorite, which I hate doing, but uh, probably gonna see the twins. Um, Shut yeah, up, Joe. I know, I know, and we're just gonna. Th- I know, I don't like it either. Uh, Can we Twins versus Joe? the Athletics. I think the Athletics are gonna just have some weird magic going on this season. They they seem like a team that's gonna take advantage of a really weird situation. Um, and the Twins are gonna come out of that. I hate you. I know, I hate that too. But <laughs> good news is that the Braves are gonna win the NL East or win in the NLCS, and uh, the Braves are gonna win the World Series. All right. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go. I think I, the Braves might be a, a just a trendy old pick, but I'm going to I'm going to stick with the Braves too. Although uh, I want to pick like a team like the Mets because of how hot they were at the end of last year. Maybe they can keep it going, but I'm going to pick the Braves because I think they're really really good. Um, I, I'm going to pick. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick the Dodgers. I think Braves Dodgers are the two best teams in the NL, uh, and I think the Braves uh, will make it to the World Series. I'm going to pick the Indians because I'm. I don't suck. And I'm, what are you doing over there? The twins. I'm going to pick the Indians and I'm going to go off the wall with my other ALCS team because again, short season, I think crazy things can happen. I think this team has, I don't know why this team can't put it together, but they, they don't have the pitching I think is one, but maybe they can put it together in a short season. I'm going to pick the angels uh, against the Indians in the ALCS. Obviously they sign Rendon. They still have a crazy offense and Mike Trout needs to like have some success. So I'm gonna pick the Angels, the you Indians. Feel bad for the guy, right? You feel bad for the guy. He's the he's the I mean, he's, he's one of the best player. players I've ever seen play baseball. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and and that's that's where well, I mean I guess that's a conversation for a whole other show. But like, <laughs> you trust the guy. He's like the superstar. But like, if if you saw him out at like a mall, you wouldn't really know who he is because he's just a regular guy. Because baseball is so bad at marketing their players. But anyway, Jim. How you doing? What's your prediction? Wait a minute. I am not done with my prediction, Chad. Oh, but you just done. reminded You're me done. of my, again, I think I've already told this story on the podcast, but you reminded me of the time I saw Bartolo Colon at Westgate Mall. 
eating a stack of cheeseburgers and sitting on two chairs because his butt was too big for one chair. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, the Indians are going to beat the Braves in the World Series. Payback for 95. Shut up, Atlanta. You don't have Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin anymore. Shut up, Atlanta. That's why you beat us. <laughs> Let's go try. All right, Rosie, what do you got? I can't get past that visual of the two chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Um, American League, I, I got your division winners. The Rays, I'm going to put in the East. Oh, go on. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Got to go, go with the tribe. Thank you. I think only because there's no fans, the Astros are going to win the West. If if fans were allowed to go, they wouldn't be able to deal with the whole thing. But no, no fans, there's going to be nobody heckling them all year. So they're, they're going to win the West. And then the tribe will beat the Astros. and take care of that whole situation. Love it. Love it. Love it. So the Indians go to the World Series. Somebody bang a trash can. National League, we're going Dodgers, Braves, and Brewers. And uh, for the NLCS, Dodgers over the Brewers. So Tribe Dodgers World Series. And the Indians, they're going to win the whole thing in a year where everyone's going to say, well, it wasn't a legit year. Who cares? (laughs) It matters to us. Yes, it does. All right. Uh, Travis, uh, Travis, wow, what am I talking about? Trivia was what I meant to say. Chad's got a great trivia question. We're going to end on that. But real quick, before we do that, one other thing that I love, I want real quick, go around the, go around the horn, uh, because we've got Rosie on here, and he's, he's very knowledgeable. I want to hear your most random Indians player you can think of. So I'll start, and I have a story. Okay. I, I'm going to start with, Former Indians catcher Andy Allenson. Anybody remember that name? Yeah. 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 So my story behind Andy Allenson, um, for from 1986 until 1993, I went into the Indians uh, locker room before every game because they thought I was good luck uh, as a little kid, which I was not because they didn't win anything. Uh, but I, I knew the players. Uh, Joe Carter is uh, is still a guy that I can send a message to. Like, uh, it was really cool. Uh, Andy Allenson, on the other hand, he came out to see me. I might have been four years old, and he came out to see me to bring me some bubble gum. And I looked at Andy Allenson, and I said, my dad thinks you're a stiff. <laughs> and that was my last interaction with Andy Allenson. <laughs> So Andy Allenson is always the most random Indians player I can think of off the top of my head. What do you guys have? The most random player that I can think of is Alex Cole. Oh, um, the, the specs. The specs, the rec specs guy. Uh, I I remember we passed him driving his Mercedes on 480 East heading towards downtown. His old Mercedes. It was This was in the 90s. And he, he, um, you know, I stuck my head out the window. I go, Alex, I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And he just kind of, he just kind of gave me one of these. He was like. Gave you the peace sign, gave you the peace sign and drove off. sign, And I'm like, yeah, you're the man, Alex. You're the, this is the only season you're going to steal 40 bases, but you're amazing. Hey, he, for and that one year though. 
that, that's the most random uh, Indians like moment that I've had, like when I've encountered a player. Rosie, Joey, what are you guys thinking? Want to go first, Joey? Uh, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, not like super like random, but like Ryan Garko, I guess. Oh, Ryan Garko, okay. great one. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty random. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a story behind it. I just, I thought Ryan Garko was going to stick around for a while and then he didn't. And that was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Kelly Shopik. Actually, that entire, like that entire team, that entire team. Went away I mean, besides heart. Hafner and Grady Sizemore, like, where are the rest of the, wasn't Ronnie Belliard with those guys? Like, oh, Ronnie, that whole team is made up of Casey Blake. Yeah. Jesus. That whole team is random. I didn't give credit to Victor Martinez. I should give credit for, to Victor Martinez. He too. was not random. He was not random. No. That's what I'm saying. I should give him credit for not being random. All right, Rosie. All right, I'm going to go with Vinny Rotino, an outfielder. Vinny was with the team for about a month, maybe, in 2012, the last year of the Maniac era. And the reason I love this guy because what I think Vinny was, I, I want to say, he had been in pro ball and then got released and was selling used cars somewhere outside of Milwaukee. <laughs> no, no. Somebody signed him and then he eventually ended up with us, but he played with several teams, which tip of the cap to that guy for keeping it. Yeah. Going. He, he kept it going, got noticed and got back in and ended up playing in the big leagues for a little bit and good for him. And, and he was with us for a little while. And I remember thinking, where did they find this guy? But they did. Dude, I watch, I watch and or listen to every Indians game. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who you're talking about. So that's Look a great up. one. That's a great one. 2012, Vinny Rotino. I thought you were going to say like 1981 or something weird like that. <laughs> Vinny I mean, Rotino. I've got from the minor leagues for you if you want. But Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you've got all the <laughs> random ones. One of the great one of the great name games of all time. I, one of my first years, I was with the Indians. Um, single A team, Kinston. Yep. And we're playing Winston-Salem. Kinston had pork chop pew. And Winston Salem had Motorboat Jones. No, <laughs> Motorboat Jones. Come on! The boat. <laughs> we just did an all MLB name team like, like a couple weeks ago. No, and Motorboat the- Jones did not make it. I think he was a Carolina League All Star, but that's a great one. All right, yeah. Vinny Rotino played 18 games God. in 2012 for the Mets and the Indians. He batted a robust 107 for the Indians. He had that one hit. You know what, though? That guy, he made it to the big leagues, and and God bless him because it's yeah. not easy. Special I mean, honorary mention. I will always give honorary mention when we're talking about random Indians to Cecil Fielder, who played 14 games for the Indians one time. So honorary mention. All right, last thing we're doing. Chad has an awesome trivia game. Uh, we're going to see how we can get through this as a team. Chad's got the answers, but Joe... Uh, Rosie and I will try to see what we can do. So, Chad, why don't you explain the trivia? Okay, uh, Jim, how good are you at your baseball history? I don't want to say this. Not as good as I should be. You just brought up Vinny Rotino. He's great at at baseball history. Okay, 1994 is your cutoff because that's when the Bonds won it three years in a row, okay? But before 1994, there were nine back-to-back league MVPs, okay? Nine back-to-back league MVPs. 
they each fill a position on the field. You could make a starting lineup with nine back-to-back MVPs before 1994. Mm. So who are they? And the trick, the trick to this question is names you think would be there aren't, but names that you know are there. So it's, it's, except for pitcher and first base are the hardest, are hardest positions. I will say that going into this, but names, you know, are there, are there. Okay. How do we, how do we go about doing this? Any, just throw out guesses. I, throw I think guess. I got one. Johnny bench, a catcher. No. You'll Johnny, be he didn't run it back to back. Nope. It, there's, that's, and that's the tricky part is guys who have won multiple MVPs, but there's no only there was only nine guys who won back to back MVPs. Joe Morgan at second base. Joe Morgan, second base. That's the oh. first one. Uh-huh. Dang. All right. So Mickey Mantle? Mickey Mantle, center field. Good one. We didn't get the catcher? Yogi Berra or Johnny Bench? Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. Catcher. All right. That's what I said. Yogi Berra, catcher. Man. Okay. Uh-huh. First, okay, so you, you pitcher, like I said, pitcher and first base are the toughest ones. So before 94. Correct. Before 94. Uh-huh. Oh, man. George Brett? Nope. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. I know. It's a great question, though, right? It's a great question. Ozzy Smith? Nope. Mm-mm. Oh, are there like real obscure ones? Like I said, like I said, just first base and pitcher are probably like really old and like Meh. names you might not have heard of, but the rest, the rest you've definitely at least know. Like Joe DiMaggio. What's that? Joe DiMaggio. No. I'm just going to start naming. Go ahead. <laughs> Reggie Jackson. Nope. Nope. Do you want me to give you hints? Like Lou Gehrig. Yeah, yeah. Hints are fun. Okay. All right. Uh, let's start in right. Let's start in right field. Right fielder was a Yankee. Maris. Roger Maris. Yep. He went back to back. Back right. to back. Huh. Uh-huh. Huh. All right. Keep giving hints. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just can't take two hours, Chad. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> left, left fielder was a brave. Hank Aaron. You guys, are gonna, you guys are going to poop yourselves. <laughs> uh, give another clue. I, I don't even know another clue. Right. That's not great. <laughs> he was on, he, it, was, it was the late 80s. There you go. Late 80s. Was this brave? Was the left fielder? Late 80s. Wasn't David Justice? Nope. That was 90s. See the confusion on Jim's face. Oh, too. wait. Was it? <laughs> Oh, all right. Who was Murphy. it? Dale Murphy. It was Dale Murphy. Yep. Yeah. Dale Murphy in left field. Okay. Do you guys just want me to give you the pitcher and first mm-hmm. baseman? No, no. No, no. Okay. The pitcher was in the forties. He played, he played in the forties. He was a Detroit Tiger. I told you, you'd like, give me that look. I said they, they were the toughest parts of this question. Rosie, if you got any 40s Tigers yeah, pitchers, it. no, I got nothing. Yeah. Joey? Hal, New, Hal Newhauser was, uh-huh. was, was the pitcher, and uh, first base was a Red Sox. First base was a Red Sox. Move on. He, he, no, he was the late, like, 
first the first base was Jimmy Fox. He was oh. a, he was nineteen eighteen. Yeah, but Jimmy Fox, okay. Yeah, so you didn't, uh, here in Lakewood, Ohio. Hold on, wait. Do you know Jimmy Fox is is he retired to Cleveland? Nice. Oh, really? Jim, there is a there's a softball field now in Lakewood called Fox Field because Jimmy Fox moved to Lakewood, Ohio after his career. That's and pretty awesome. That field is named after Jimmy Fox. There you go. That's pretty awesome. Okay, now shortstop and third base is is the only ones we have left, and I'm gonna make you guys guess for that because if I give you like the team name or any hints, that's just gonna give it away. So you guys have totally you guys totally know who these people are. I guarantee it. Oh. They didn't, they might not have played near, but but shortstop and third base are guys you definitely know. Uh, Brooks Robinson. No. Mm. This is going to be awful when you tell us, isn't it? No, it is you, guys gonna, you guys are going to you guys are going to kick yourselves. <laughs> you guys are going to absolutely kick yourselves. Uh-huh. Hold on, no, hold on a minute. The third baseman, the third baseman is actually from Ohio. Mike Schmidt. Yep. Ah, Mike Schmidt. Uh-huh. Mike Schmidt. Okay. Shortstop. So shortstop is the last position we have. If I get, if I gave you this hint, you would you would get it right away. So you guys just have to guess this one. <laughs> Man, best ever. You do you have like a random hint? You don't have to give us the team. Gosh. Not Ripken. No. no. No, Cal Ripken. Let me see if I can let me see if I can look up uh, a hint. Because, like I said, I I don't want to like. Because, like I said, it's just going to automatically give it away, and I want you to, I want you guys to be able to think about at least one of them. I'm trying to think. Can of you give us the era? Oh, good. Sixties and seventies. Sixties and seventies. Maybe even late fifties. Oh. Maybe even late fifties. Hold Who on. Are the shortstops. All right, so I got to get rid of like the 80 shortstops that I'm thinking of, like Ozzie Smith and Barry Larkin. And mm. let me see here. Let me see here. Okay, you're looking at you're looking at early 50s into early 70s was when uh, was his career. It's not rolling out. All with, all with the same team. All with the same team. Was it? Oh, hold on. Yeah, Louis Aparicio. Nope. Is it the Cubs? Uh, Ernie Banks. Ernie it's Banks. Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks. Look at that. That's a good trivia game, though. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool how there's one for each position. Yeah, that's cool, right? Yeah, first base, Jimmy Fox. Second base, Joe Morgan. Shortstop, Ernie Banks. Third base, Mike Schmidt. Your outfielder, outfield from left to right goes Dale Murphy, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris. Your pitcher is Hal Newhauser. Your catcher is Yogi Berra. That is the wow. That is the trivia question. Glad I, I got that one, guys. Good job. <laughs> hey, Joe. Thanks. I learned that from a, a guy named Fred Heyer. He used to be the official scorekeeper for the Indians back in the '80s and '90s, back at the old stadium. And he said, back in those games when they were bored, they were just looking up trivia questions and they looked this one up. And that question has stuck with me ever since because I just thought it was so cool. That so, is awesome. Good job <laughs> on the trivia question. Gents, I think that's going to do it. I still got a little PBR left, but that's okay. It'll take me back into the house. Uh, we would like to just, first of all, uh, as we kind of head out of this episode, say a humongous thank you to Indians radio man, Jim Rosenhaus, 
Rosie, uh, it was an, an absolute pleasure to have you on. We had a great time with you talking some baseball. Uh, good luck with the upcoming year. Good luck with the sprint that's coming your way. And uh, we really, we can't wait to listen. Honestly, all of Cleveland cannot wait to turn on their radios and listen to these games. Uh, Indians fans everywhere, I should say, for Joey. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. We, we, we hope to have you on again at some point. Maybe we can talk about the tribe as the season goes on. But uh, it really Let's was a great World time. Series edition. Let's yes. do it. I love it. Woo! <laughs> this was so much fun, guys. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, thank so you guys for inviting me. I appreciate it. And that was Indians play-by-play, color, Mr. Do Everything in the broadcast booth, plus pregame and postgame and all everything in between. Jim Rosenhaus joining us. And uh, again, guys, what, what perfect timing uh, for Rosie to jump on the podcast with us as uh, we're officially going to have baseball the 23rd and 24th of July. Baseball is going to get going. And uh, we're going to be able to watch the Indians hopefully sprint towards a playoff berth and, and, and even more. So, uh, uh, guys, some closing thoughts from you guys. You know, I was wondering, I saw something on Twitter is, and, and it, it was from Tom Withers. I kind of just was like, yeah, because we'll take any championship we can. He questioned on Twitter is like, say, say the MLB gets this right and it's a 60 game season and the Indians win the championship. Do we call it the championship? Like, of course. Yes. Do, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, like what's, what, I, I honestly don't get it. It was like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. It might be a shortened season, but it's still a championship. So you don't, you don't devalue your own championships. <laughs> right. Right. Like if others, yeah, if other cities want to do it, cool. Because we can just be like, look at your tears. I'm going to drink them later. I'm going to drink yeah. your tears. Yeah, you don't devalue your, your own championships. It counts. Let me, the, let me give you the exact quote here. The exact tweet. Let's say baseball pulls it off and MLB has a 60 game season. And let's say the Indians win the World Series. Are we still going to call it that? And and baseball's longest title drought? Would you be okay with that, Cleveland? Yeah, <laughs> totally. But yes, hey, Tom. Yes, yeah, sign me up for that tomorrow. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I will cry like a baby if the Indians win the World Series. I don't care. I don't care if they play three games. It doesn't matter. Oh, three games would be awesome. Three games, you really need a fast start. That's a spring. You lose your first game. You are effed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tell you, if when we win the World Series this year, Thank you. Uh, oh. turn off ESPN the day after because that's all <laughs> you're going to talk about is, oh, is this a legitimate? Yeah, it's a legitimate champion. Go. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't get it. Everybody, it's, it's not like, it's not like everybody else is playing 120 games and the Indians are playing 60. Everybody's playing 60 games. Right. Let's go. Right. You win, Let's you win. It. it is what it is. My uh, my closing thought is um, all I'm trying to say is there was no baseball until we got Rosie on the show. So I think Rosie's a good luck charm for this year. Uh -huh. Drive, uh -huh. And uh, I'm sticking to it. Okay. <laughs> That's all his right. thoughts and he's sticking to it. That's it. That's, right. That's my opinion. And uh, thank, you. Period. thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. All right. That's well, that's Joey's final thought down there in Nashville. Chad and I up here in the butthole of the world in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm just going to sneak out the back window at this show. Listen, we made it. We made some changes to our social media. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at garage beers. Mike Chad is at garage beers. Chad Joe is at garage beer. Joe. Uh, and obviously the garage beers at the garage beers on Twitter. You can also find the garage beers podcast on Facebook and 
garage underscore beers underscore pod on Instagram as well. Give us a follow. Uh, if you like what you hear, tune in every week. We come out every Thursday and, uh, and please share us with your friends, give us a rating and, uh, let's, let's help make this thing, uh, uh, keep growing. Uh, we appreciate you listening. And, uh, for Joey over there in Nashville for Chad on the East side, I am Michael Keefe signing off saying, uh, let's go tribe. Woo! And we'll see you again next week. Cheers, everybody. Who keeps you cheering year after year? Who's got the ballpark? The best is all right here. Who's got the fans? It's so much Cleveland pride. Who's talking baseball? Talking tribe. We're talking baseball. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.